Hello and welcome to Prepare the Answer. It's good to have you all tuned in today. Um, with a follow-up, well, it's not really a follow-up directly. It's it's a totally different topic today, actually. But uh, I did have, um, you know, some responses to yesterday's one about loving your enemies. Um, it is a challenging topic for sure. I do appreciate the difficulties that can come from that. Um, but, you know, we can certainly uh, pray for each other and help each other. Um, but today, um, a different topic. Yes, it's completely different. Um, today's topic was inspired by, again, just Bible studies I had, or in fact, just I suppose something I heard or read online a while ago as a bit of an objection to Christianity, an objection to specific doctrines of the Bible. Um, and today's title, anyway, is going to be Watch Out for Scriptures um, Used Out of Context. So I've mentioned context a lot recently, but today it's going to be Watching Out for Scriptures Which Are Used out of context. Again, I've talked a lot about context recently, uh, but people can do this. And I think if you're really not prepared for it, this can kind of take you unawares. And we'll get to an example of this in a moment. The specific example is about, example in the Bible, Leviticus 19, where it talks about not wearing, um, you know, material, which is woven of two different, you know, two different types of material woven together. That seems rather bizarre. So why on earth would the Bible say that? <clears throat> so, Bear with me, I've got a sore throat at the moment as well, actually, so hopefully this um, comes across okay. I don't have a croaky throat. Um, but anyway, watch out for scriptures used out of context. This happens all of the time. Um, and I hear it more and more, just in general public, television, radio, um, just, just about everywhere, online. Uh, I shouldn't really be surprised that we did a Bible discussion last week from Matthew 4, where Jesus was tempted in the desert. And how did Satan tempt him? By misquoting scripture or, or misusing scripture, getting Jesus to think, I could do this and I could throw myself down, God's angels will come and attend me. Is that not what scripture says, says Satan? But he was using it out of context. The context would not have been a situation where Jesus would throw himself down like that deliberately because God would save him. That would be taking the scripture out of context. Then we've seen, again, Satan doing this in Genesis with Adam and Eve. Again, taking scripture out of context uh, about what did God really say. And then actually Adam misquotes what God had said about the tree. Um, so again, we shouldn't be surprised by this trick that we see today and Satan using this trick to actually use scriptures and use them completely out of context to make, as you know, uh, scripture out of context is a pretext. So it's it's something you use to make a point falsely. You're making a false, you're using it to make a point falsely. It's not what the scripture was intended or there's something more behind it. And again, I just want us to be aware of Satan's great trick. That we're going to see this and hear this everywhere. People using scriptures out of context. Examples today, I'm sure I'll list a few. I'm sure you can think of far many more than what I can say now. But do not judge. You hear this all the time. Don't judge. Don't judge me. The Bible says don't judge. And you hear it used by people who don't even believe in scripture. And, and they use it to say... Well, don't judge me. You shouldn't judge me again. The context is don't make hypocritical judgments. But it doesn't necessarily mean don't judge at all. In fact, the Bible encourages us to, well, are we not to judge those within the church? No. Again, not hypocritical judgment and done in love. Again, and the other one that's mentioned in 1 John 4, God is love. You hear this all the time. God is love. And in the context that the person uses it in, well, what does that, why do they say it? Well, that means God lets me away with anything I want. Sure, God's love anyway. Why would he condemn anyone? Why would he ask any right behaviour off anybody? He loves everybody, right? So that's used all the time. Um, 
the other one that you can use from Romans 8, 28, God works for good in all situations. Um, if you look into that scripture, you'll find just after it, he works for good in all situations to be molded into the likeness of his son. So the context is he works for good in all situations to make us more like Jesus. So what we have to define good. Good is being made into the image of Jesus, more and more like his son. So that's the context. Without that context, it, it miss, you miss, completely miss the point. And the one I particularly liked, I heard for years, 1 Corinthians 9, it talks about Paul saying, I became all things to all men. I heard this used so often, you know, you've got to be relatable as, a, relatable as a Christian. You've got to be relatable. You've got to be able to get on with people. You can't come across as weird. You can't come across as a Bible basher you, you, or, or any other term that could be used after that. And I, I appreciate the point and we do have to be relatable. And we do have to be able to, you know, come across in a way that, that would win the world over. But hey, that's the point. First Corinthians 9, all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. So there's a purpose in being all things to all men. We're not just being all things to all men for the sake of, for the sake of it, but so that we might win some. So, um, but where you end up sometimes using scripture being used is people, like I've said already, people use the Bible to undermine the Bible itself. In other words, because the Bible says this, clearly I can't take it seriously. I'm sure people will often say, well, sure, the Bible, and I heard this, I've dealt with this a while ago, I may be doing another podcast on it soon. Sure doesn't the Bible support slavery? Sure doesn't the Bible do? And you can fill in the gap, and I've dealt with slavery, and it absolutely does not support slavery by the modern use of the term slavery. And again, we can deal with that on another day. But again, the people saying, sure doesn't the Bible support such and such a thing? Or the Bible says this. So how can we take it seriously? <coughs> and I came up with one of these recently. Um, and again, this is the one I'm going to address today. Is And again, it was, it was basically the Bible stance maybe on, you know, natural relations, homosexual relations. And someone had made the point, well, in Leviticus 19.19, 19, it says a um, few things, but do not wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. And as I said at the start, well, that, that stops people in their tracks. And again, if you're a Christian out there and you hear somebody and you've got a stance and, well, I don't agree with such and such a thing, I know God doesn't agree with that type of relationship, and the person says, yeah. But in the same chapter, it says that you shouldn't wear two kinds of material. You shouldn't um, wear clothing woven of two kinds of material. So, like, what's that all about? And again, the person who doesn't understand the Bible well enough is, like, thrown by this. How can I stand by my judgmentalism um, in the face of this bizarre scripture but again there's 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 good reason to understand this if you want to look there's actually one other scripture the only one other scripture that talks about um, what you know this this theme of two kinds of material and it's in Deuteronomy 22 verses 9 to 11 now the Israelites at this time wouldn't have had a lot of different um, types of material that they would use and in fact there's probably two main materials that they would have used and they're both described in Deuteronomy. So Deuteronomy 22 elaborates on the two kinds of material that would be in use. Um, verses um, 9, 22 verse 9 says, Do not plant two kinds of seed in your vineyard. If you do not, not only the crops you plant but also the fruit of the vineyard will be defiled. Do not ply with an ox or a donkey yoke together. Do not wear clothes of wool and linen woven together. So do not do not wear clothes of woolen and linen woven together. So this elaborates on Leviticus 19. What on earth is it talking about two materials? Well, this one, this one gives us a little bit more information, which basically then says, well, the problem is wool and linen. 
And now you're thinking, of course, you know, wool would have came about from the sheep uh, that they had at the time. Um, and then the linen would have been, it's the stock of the, the, flax, the flax plant. Um, so that's where linen would have came from. But they didn't want, they said, don't have these woven together. And you're thinking, well, that's not a moral law. So why on earth has God excluded this? So again, people use scriptures like this to say, the Bible's nonsense. I mean, what's it talking about? How can you possibly take it seriously when it says things like this? And again, yeah, it's not a moral law. But there's a very important context to consider here. Why would God not want someone to wear something made of these two materials woven together? You could wear one onto the other one, but why not woven together? Well, guess what? There's a very important reason for this. But it takes digging in, it takes some study to try and figure it out. Um, Exodus 28 gives us a bit of an insight into why. Exodus 28, verses 6 to 8. And it talks about the ephod that the high priest was to wear. And it talks about the ephod of gold and, gold and blue, purple and scarlet of yarn, and of finely twisted linen, the work of a skilled craftsman. It's the two shoulder pieces attached to two of its corners so it can be fastened. It's skillfully woven waistband is to be like it, of one piece with the ephod and made with gold and with blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and with finely twisted linen. If you then flick on to chapter 39, 4 and 5, you can read a little bit more. But basically, this ephod that the high priest was to wear would have dyed thread made of wool, and also woven of, of linen as well. So it was a garment that was woven um, linen and wool together in the one garment. Um, I mean, what was basically told for us not to do elsewhere. Um, now, the purpose of this is, in fact, if you look in, um, if you look in Exodus thirty, we will find out why this was happening. So the only, the only um, material, the only garment or clothing that was actually to be used of wool and linen in the same garment was the ephod of the high priest. The high priest was to be separate from the people because he represented God. He was to demonstrate and show the people how holy God was. He worked in the inner sanctuary, the, the most holy place, and no one else could enter that holy place. So anything he wore was to be much, much greater and better and, and separate from anything that the people could wear. So the reason behind the, the law that God gave was the only garment that should have Wool and linen woven together was the priest's ephod, the high priest's ephod. Um, and again, we're, this is not the only thing like that. Exodus 30, um, 31 tells us, 30, 31, uh, um, say to the Israelites, this is to be my sacred anointing oil for the generations to come. Do not pour it on men's bodies and do not make any oil with the same formula. It is sacred and you are to consider it sacred. So it was the same with the anointing oil. It was used especially for the priests and other people weren't to make up the same formula and use it. Why? Because it was sacred, only for the priests. A bit like their ephod that they were to wear was made of linen and wool woven together. So because they had this, then we're not to do the same. There needs to be a separation. This was to show us how holy God was, that he maintained a distance from his people and he represented it, obviously people represented God to the people, but there was to be a distance. They were to see how holy God was. So just like the oil, the ephod was made of certain materials that the people weren't to then copy them type of materials. And again, you have to go out of your way to obviously weave, you know, weave these two materials together. 
So there's, there's an explanation. So people throw that out there to say, oh, the Bible's nonsense. There's absolutely no justification for this strange command. Well, you know what? There actually is. And you have to dig deep to find the answer. The answer was there the whole time. So again, context. Context is so important. People will use the Bible out of context, misuse it to make a point, which is not, which essentially in this case is not true. So what are we to do then? We're going to hear this stuff. We're going to see this stuff. We've got to know. Well, first of all, let's just encourage ourselves to read the Bible in context. You know, ask ourselves when you read the Bible yourself, what is the context here? You know, what's the geography in, in, in the story? What, what's, who are the people that they're speaking to here? What's the culture? Uh, what, what's the time period? Um, and what unique aspects of, of um, would be associated with that time period? Um, what does all of Scripture say about this particular topic? So if we had just looked at that one, we might not have found the other scripture that also talked about the, you know, the materials being of wool and of linen, a bit more specific. Uh, what was the style of writing? Uh, is it apocalyptic? Is it poetic? You know, is it using allegories? Is, it, um, is Jesus using hyperboles? Um, there's a whole range of questions to ask when you read a scripture. What is the context? And what did it mean to the people at the time? It can't mean anything to me that it didn't mean to the people at the time. Is there a once-for-all once for principle in the scripture? These are the types of questions we can ask ourselves to think, have I got the context right? And this is, I mean, yeah, as you can hear, it certainly takes a bit more work to ask these questions. But in terms of the purpose of ministry is prepared to answer. How do I answer people when I hear them saying things like, well, the Bible says this, so I can't trust it. When you hear them using the scripture and you're a little bit like, does that really fit the context of what, what they're saying? Because they don't understand the context, then they accuse the Bible of something that it's not actually, shouldn't be accused of because they don't understand the context. What I'd say to you today is that when you hear these things said, whatever it is, look, you shouldn't, does the Bible not say you shouldn't judge? Who are you to judge me then? And maybe you're stopped in your tracks. For What I'd say is don't panic, trust the word. I've learned to do that. The more I dig in, the more I realize there's always an answer. You know, again, not maybe not every single thing, and maybe I'll get more answers as time goes on, but, but there is a context. It can make sense. If you dig in, you will you will understand. So so don't panic. Trust the word. Uh, maybe you realize a bit of research is required. If someone had fired out Leviticus 19.19 to me a while ago, I wouldn't have known what to say. I'd have had to look and say to them, and, and, and again, keep this, keep this in mind, look, I'll look into this and get back to you on that. I don't believe it is what you say. I believe there's a reason for that scripture. I believe there's a context to it. I believe there's a reason why God had said this. And I'll get back to you. Um, but ask the person questions. It may reveal, and I have to be honest about this, it may reveal the fact that they probably maybe just don't care that much about what the context of the scripture is, whether it's true or not, why God said it, why he didn't say it, what the rest of the Bible says about it. They maybe just don't care. And to be fair, in that sense, they're maybe not seeking the truth. This isn't so much about helping other people get it, although hopefully that does happen. I, I, I share this today more for our sake, so that we're ready to be able to answer the things people throw at us. You might think, why do you need to do this? Well, listen, there's many, many people today uh, and throughout the years, you know, Fallen, you know, drifting away in their faith because they lose confidence that it's the word of God because the world attacks it and they don't know what to say in response. They maybe say nothing. They sheepishly go home and they think, "Oh, I can't really trust this." I hear this on the streets. I I see it on online. 
So we've got to be confident in the word of God. But we've got to expose the person's falsehood here. You know, and I ask them questions like, look, if I could give you an explanation for that scripture, would you listen to it? You know, are you interested in the context to that scripture? Um, do you think there could be another reason why that scripture's in there? Do you think it's alluding to something else? You know, does it have another meaning maybe? What type of, um, you know, writing is this? You know, we all know we can take sound bites from things that people say, politicians, you know, managers that we have, you know, friends and colleagues that we have. Something I've said even on online here, you could take a sound bite of one line of something that I've said and use it completely out of context and, and, and imply that I've meant something that I did not mean. So this, this applies across the board. It applies to everything we're going to do in our lives. So, yeah, we're going to be a bit longer today there. But again, I, I think this is so important. You're going to see it and it's good to be able to identify it where, where you do see it. Watch out for scripture being used out of context either to justify where somebody's position or even to, to belittle and mock scripture itself. You know, watch out for this. I've dealt today with the one, Leviticus 19, 19, it seems like a strange one. It's like, why would God not want us to weave two kinds of material together? That's a bit random. But again, that can increase our confidence. Do you know what? There's actually a good reason why God said this. If it had been the anointing oil, don't be making up the anointing oil of the same formula I've used. Well, Clearly God wants certain instruments like the Ark of the Covenant, like you know, the you know the, the manna, the, the most holy place. There was things that weren't to be recreated because they were separate and only for the priests to use. And again, being prepared to answer, don't panic, trust the word of God, dig in and research, ask questions. I certainly don't have all the answers, but I do like trying to find answers. I have to ask other people of things I don't get, I don't understand, we're all going to be there. But I think the key thing is Seek the truth. And the person that says this to you, are they looking for the truth? Do, do they really care what the Bible says? You know, can you can they really use scripture to, to to belittle scripture when they don't really believe it themselves? Reveal that there's hypocrisy in that itself. Do they really mean what they say? So the whole range of questions that we can ask. But please drop me any you've had, any, you know, scriptures you've heard quoted out of context or used out of context, or maybe you're just not sure. Was it used out of context or not? Uh, or maybe there's ones that people said to you, the Bible says this, and you're like, goodness, I, I don't know why it says that. You know, I'm not too sure. Again, I encourage us to dig in, find answers, or again, you know, give me a shout and I'll try and find the answer. Whatever the case may be. Hope you've had a great day. Uh, I would have had a frustrating day where my Wi-Fi was knocked off all day, um, and I couldn't do any work, um, and no one told us about it, and thankfully it's just came back on again. So I didn't expect that to happen, so... Uh, we don't know what's going to happen, but uh, hopefully it's back up for the weekend. Um, so, yeah, many thanks for tuning in today. Again, hope you have a great weekend. Please, again, just have a think about these things and just be in trust in the Word of God and don't allow people to use Scripture out of context. And let's not do that ourselves. Uh, many thanks for tuning in today.